It is that time. It is another Triple Crown show, and we are live and on the air here at Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Brian Colziel with you on WGR with you for the next three hours. It's the Preakness, leg two of the Triple Crown, and we're happy to be back with you here in Batavia at Batavia Downs Gaming, getting you everything you need to know for the Preakness, which will take place later tonight. Brian Colziel with you. Thanks for joining us here on WGR. We've got a jam-packed show. Paul Hamilton coming up at 3 o'clock. He'll be joining us. The Amherst have moved on again, and uh, Paul will tell us about how they did it and what's coming up in the next round. Also, of course, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Jeff Metis, PGA Pro from T to Green. Hopefully you listened to us earlier this morning. Uh, he'll be joining us a little bit after 4. Thoughts on the PGA Championship. Don Hoover, the general manager of Live Racing at 4.30 here from Batavia Downs. And our man Ryan has an hour. The director of everything here, pretty much. Oh, well, let me at, tell you. Uh, Batavia I do, Downs. I, I wear many hats, as they say. Including the hat that you wore in this outfit. Make sure you check out Ryan's, the picture of what Ryan's wearing today. I just tweeted it out at Ryan, WGR. Uh, Ryan has an hour with us here. Ryan, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brian. Thanks, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us back. It's an interesting Kentucky Derby. Yes, let me tell you. I should have <laughs> taken my own advice, and I said it right out loud right here on the air on WGR, saying I just had a feeling that there was going to be a big upset, something magical, something exciting was going to happen. And, of course, I just bet all the chalk, didn't bet any long shots, and then the second longest long shot ever comes in. <laughs> when you and I were getting ready for this Derby show, which would have been two weeks ago, and then about an hour or so before the show when we met up here at 30, Inside 34 Rush, you said, you're like, ah, Ryan, I just got a feeling like a long shot's co- something crazy is going to happen today. Long shot's coming in. Right. And then uh, you helped me place our normal tee to green wagers, which, by the way, Jeff and Kevin are back. So be, we got to do that at some point here yes, today, absolutely, too. Yes, absolutely, for sure. And they always want to go long shots. So we, we took like three oh, decent long shots. They were all like 30 to 1, 35 to 1. I'm like, all right, we got three of them here. If something crazy happens, we got it. Who know? Who knew it was going to be the craziest thing in at least 100 years to happen right. at Churchill Downs? The longest shot on the board and the second longest shot of all time ended up hitting the board there. So that was, uh, it was nuts. I was upstairs at the clubhouse at our clubhouse party upstairs for the Derby. And to hear the excitement in Larry Colmus' voice, in fact, it was so impressive. Even Chopin the Bulldog mentioned it on air uh, on the Monday show, and I tweeted out at them uh, to let them know who it was because Mike wasn't sure of the gentleman's name. But Larry Colmus, like, I don't know if he just didn't realize until the very last minute, but when Rich Strike passed um, Epicenter and you could hear the excitement in his voice, he just was, it was an unbelievable call, really exciting. And uh, it just shows you just how incredibly weird and wild and just awesome it was that we had such a long shot win. 22 people, Brian, on Batavia Bets here at Batavia Downs or at the OTB branches, of course, which are ours as well. Um, hit the trifecta, the 50-cent try for 7000 bucks. So Ooh. good for those folks. They, uh, they cashed in big. What was the re- – I mean, obviously there were some people in person that had – the winning ticket here. So what, could you tell their re- – oh, I'm sure you could tell their reaction. Yeah. yeah what was, was that like? There was a woman who was literally next to me at the bar in the clubhouse, and she was flipping out. And I thought it was because she had, you know, Epicenter, like many of us did. And actually, if it had come in Epicenter and then Zandon, um, I would have lost because I didn't take the 10. I didn't like yeah. that horse at all, but he, he ended up finishing third. And she she kept cheering, and I'm like she kept cheering even after it was done. I'm like, I don't even know if this lady knows what happened because that that long shot hit. Yeah. And then I started talking. She goes, I had the 21 because I like to do this. That like there's some reasoning with mm-hmm. the word rich strike. That that's the reason. So her fifteen dollar ticket uh, paid a thousand dollars to win. Amazing. Amazing. Well, good for her, and good <laughs> yeah. for everybody that got rich strike. You got rich you quick got rich, yes. for sure. <laughs> 
All right, so the excitement for those that won, and now the disappointment for all of us. Oh, my goodness. Because yeah. Rich Strike is not going to be at the Freakness today. No. He's, What's the deal with that? So he's looking to skip, and I think uh, we talked about it where, you know, really what it comes down to is uh, the owners are looking, you know, at the dollar signs, right? Your horse just won the, the Derby, the most, like, prestigious race there is. And they're looking to have that horse probably go out to stud at some point, and they don't want to necessarily ruin their investment. So what they want to do is they want to wait, hopefully have him win the Belmont, maybe win a couple races at Saratoga this summer, maybe do something uh, at uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic, you know, which coming up the first uh, weekend in November. And if all goes well or all goes decent, you know, he's still got the Kentucky Derby win in his pocket. Um, then when that horse retires, which he probably will, and uh, he'll go out to the barn and he'll make some horse babies and life will be good for the owners because they'll be making a lot of money off of him. So um, that's just the way the business is, you know. So uh, it is one of those things. And as you said, Brian, a little disappointing, not just as a, as a horse uh, fan of these races, certainly as somebody who, you know, is interested in the OTBs, getting a lot of people here today, getting a lot of people at Batavia Downs, having a lot of interest in the race. But thankfully, uh, we do have a good field here. It's nine horses. I've been with you for many of these races, Brian, and we know that we sometimes we have seven horse races, and it's it's not really as fun when there's not that many horses. You know, having a nine horse field is at least decent. And one of the horses is Secret Oath, the horse that won the Kentucky Oaks, which is, of course, the big race the day before the Derby for the female horses. So we have a, a filly in this race. A filly won it back in 2020. A filly won it uh, back in 2009 when Rachel Alexandra won it on her way to becoming the three-year-old horse of the year. So uh, she's the third-choice favorite, I think, on the, on the money line behind, of course, Epicenter, who finished second in the Derby in early voting, who, despite finishing second in the Wood Memorial, did not race in the Derby, skipped it to uh, target the Preakness. So those are your top three horses from a betting standpoint. Very excited to see what might be happening when it comes to uh, Secret Oath making some noise today. One more thing on Rich Strike here before we, we move on to today's thing. Is yeah. it also at all in the back of the mind of the owners of we got really lucky, so let's kind of go out without showing our, our real hand? Could that be some of it there? Could be. I mean, if you've watched that race, and I've watched it several times, start to finish, and then I've probably watched the last. That overhead shot that we see oh. from that last turn, how good is that? It's Just the this, best. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Every time, you're like, there's yeah. no way. There's, oh, and then he, he goes right through everything. I mean, that, and I've watched the last 30 seconds of the yeah. race, which includes that overhead shot you mentioned. I've watched that probably even more. You see how lucky he did get. He got the trip of a lifetime. He darts kind of towards the rail. Then I think it might be the four is in front of him. He goes to the outside or to the inside of the four and then breaks up through the middle, comes to the left of epicenter, and then ends up, you know, winning the race. So you're like, man, you know, he was able to maneuver through all those horses. If you watch the whole race over, watch, he's actually the third to last horse when they come in front of the camera for the first time. And when they are about to settle in, he's either the last horse or the second to last horse. So to see as he just picked off horses throughout the entire two minutes to just get to the front and then be able to make that last final push. There might be something to that, Brian, where, you know, I still think this horse is very good. There's no doubt he's a good horse. Right. But, uh, you know, wow. I mean, he, he definitely got the trip of a lifetime there. So there's definitely some luck involved. Yeah. So, okay. So not racing today. Maybe the Belmont. Hopefully in a few weeks from now when mm -hmm. we're back here doing it again, we'll talk about Rich Strike being back in it. Um, Epicenter was about to win. You're yes. right. And as you said, that lady was uh, thinking maybe Epicenter won. Who knows? But uh, the favorite today, Epicenter, probably for many, thinking of who can win today. 
Yeah, definitely at the top of your list there. Um, in four lifetime starts, he's got two firsts and two seconds. So he's always finishing in the money. Uh, you'd have to, you have to include him if you're doing exotic bets today. I don't think this is the type of day where you're trying to beat the favorite. You're trying to utilize Epicenter in these bets. So uh, I'm looking forward to probably maybe even keying him in a couple of these bets at the top. Uh, you know, if you key a horse uh, for horse people who aren't familiar, if you key a horse in a position, you're only betting one horse in that spot. Uh, and then that way you kind of reduce the cost of your exotic bet. So if you're going to key the horse in the top of a trifecta, there's only one horse in the one spot, and then you're just betting the other horses that finish second and third. So, yep. um, you know, I'll be tweeting out my uh, picks later today. Uh, you know, probably take a picture of it and throw it up on Twitter uh, at RyanH7681 on Twitter, and you can uh, take a look and see what uh, my picks are today. But we'll talk about them, of course, as well yep. later in the show, I'm sure. But, yeah, that's, that's the horse to definitely include today, Brian. Yeah, Brian will do a full breakdown of all nine horses. So if, you, if you're the one that likes to hear a, a breakdown of each of the horses, 3.30 is when we've got that uh, penciled in for Ryan to go horse by horse, give you details on the pros and the cons of each of them. So we know with betting, there's trends. Mm-hmm. So the, essentially in everybody's lifetime, would anybody have been alive for the, what was it, the 1913 Kentucky Derby, one of the largest? Somebody was around. Right. I'm sure somebody was around right. out there. So let's assume... <laughs> That they didn't bet on that one, right? right? So so everybody maybe reacts today. Will there be more money thrown on long shots today? Do you think that would be just be a natural progression of people thinking, Oh my god, look, I'll just throw five bucks on a couple on a long shot and it might come in and then I'll have a big payday. It'll definitely cross people's mind, I'll tell you that, because I think if we were to go back to listen to last week's show, you know, of course, Rich Strike was the last horse we talked about when yes. we did our 3.30 breakdown of all the horses, and I probably just completely dismissed him and said along the lines of, yeah, this horse got in on Friday morning. He doesn't have a shot. Let's keep talking about I, whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think we were – you were uh, – as you even give me some, some notes before the show on each of the horses, obviously we didn't have any on Rich Strike, so it was, it was a quick conversation it for was, sure. It was, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so, right. So what is this – what does it do to the odds if – more long shot money is coming in. Is that what, like what does that do overall? To I, obviously the same amount of money is in, but what does that do to the odds for all the other horses? It's it's actually you know it's it's great when more money comes in on the long shots, and I'll tell you why. Because most likely people are betting those long shots in addition to still betting the favorites or betting the horses they really think do have a shot. More money in the pool is always better when it comes to pair mutual wagering, uh, which is what horse betting does. You know when money goes into these pools. Uh, it gets paid out. You know, of course, everybody takes their cut. The track takes a cut. The OTB takes a cut. Everybody's got a little piece that they take right. uh, when you make your bet. But then, of course, that money goes out and, and gets paid to the people who win the bet. Um, so more money is good. It's the opposite when it comes to sports betting. Some other places. If you have, like, let's say last night, I don't know what the line was at the start of the game for the Warriors and the Mavericks, but whatever the line was, if all of a sudden someone somewhere out there went on FanDuel and decided to bet a million bucks on the Mavericks, you better believe the line would move in the direction of the Warriors so that the... Uh, More bets now come in on yes, Golden State because they want it balanced out. They want it balanced out. You yeah. know, they want to keep the VIG and they want to keep it so it's balanced. It's not the case when it comes to horse betting. The money gets paid out. So if a lot of money's going in, of course, if a lot of money's going in on your horse, that means your payout's going to go lower. But if you're not thinking that a, a, a long shot's going to win and you're betting chalk like I might be doing a little bit today, yeah, bet the long shots as much as you want because then that makes my, my bet when I hopefully win just that little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has an hour with us from Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Uh, we'll be obviously giving you Preakness coverage all afternoon long here on WGR. We're with you from 2 until 5. As I said, Paul Hamilton at 3 on the NHL playoffs and the Amherst. Jeff Metis, PGA Pro at 4 o'clock on the PGA Championship. Don Hoover, the general manager of live racing, here with his breakdown 
of what's gone on today uh, at the Preakness and his picks as well. And then Ryan at 3.30 with a horse-by-horse breakdown of the entire field today. All right, what's going on inside Batavia Downs here, Ryan? So upstairs here at Batavia Downs, you can make your wager at the ITW. There's free programs, of course. If you want to grab a free program and come down and visit us at at the Labatt Blue uh, Zone here at 34 Rush, you can do that. And in the Blue Zone room, which is the back room that, yes, we do rent out for fantasy drafts and other things if you're looking to rent our room here. Uh, Back there is where the SSTs are, self-service terminals, so you can make your wager on the Preakness Stakes there. But the big event today, Brian, the one that we talked about this morning on Tita Green, that is the Tacos and Tequila Festival. Tickets still available at the door uh, at the Lucky Treasures gift shop. And uh, what we're doing is we got a taco bar. You're going to get a taco holder. You're going to get some free play. You're going to get a $5 wager on the Preakness. And then most exciting is you get to sample tequila and tequila-based seltzers for about two hours from 5 to 7 o'clock. And it gets capped off when the Preakness Stakes runs at 7.01. So you can come on out between 5 and 7, uh, right when you go off the air, basically. And uh, we'll just enjoy seeing everybody to uh, eat some tacos and try some tequila and, and hopefully uh, get a winner here on the Preakness Stakes. All right, the tacos are something to be excited about for sure. Absolutely. All and right, if you can't make it out to Batavia Downs, how can you be involved today? So we've got all of the OTB branches. They're open at this point. They opened at 11 this morning with that first post at 1130. We've also got all those easy bets out there. So if you're uh, listening and uh, you just go to westernotb.com slash locations, you can find the branch or easy bet location near you. A lot of those easy bets are located inside bars and restaurants and bowling alleys and convenience marts and things like that. So find one near you. You just go in there. You usually put cash in the machine or you can sometimes give cash to the bartender. They'll give you a voucher slip you put in there. And you can make your wager. There'll be free programs at those easy bets and at the branches as well. And if you're busy, uh, I don't, can't imagine you're doing yard work today because it is hot as Hades out there, man. I was uh, watering my grass this morning, and it was like 79 degrees at like 8 in the morning. Nuts. As I was driving here, the throughway, my car said 88. I believe, I, And it is sticky yes outside it's it's that kind of heat so if you're going to avoid uh just leaving your house altogether today maybe you're watching a little pga championship or some usfl football uh get on bataviabets.com that's the easiest way to do it you can do it from your phone pc tablet whatever have you anything that connects to the internet get on bataviabets.com allison and joe and all the great folks upstairs in the action center are uh, waiting to like you know help you out if you're having an issue logging in if you forgot your password from two weeks ago for the derby uh but uh you know you just sign up for an account fund your account and then you can make your wager from the uh, convenience of your house the nice thing about batavia bets brian is is as you place the wager and you click the boxes to kind of build your bet it'll tell you in real time how much money it would be so if all of a sudden you're like oh i'm gonna do a two dollar exacto with these 10 horse or these nine horses right you're like oh my god it's seven times or it's nine times eight it's 72 bucks oh, i don't know if i want to spend 72 okay well then just choose four horses over three horses oh it's a 12 dollar bet you know it's like easy easy stuff there you know to take a look at that stuff so um you know Batavia bets helps you as you build your bet as well so well, the Preakness is always exciting because there's always the lure of the Triple Crown. We know that doesn't hap, hap, that doesn't, it's not going to happen this year with Rich Strike not in it. But right. what's special and unique about this race from the other two legs of the Triple Crown, do you think? Well, definitely the shortest of the, of the ones. So what you might see is someone try to go wire to wire, which is always exciting. Um, you know, I don't believe uh, Epicenter was kind of towards the front. I don't think he was leading in the first turn, or he definitely wasn't uh, leading the race. So nobody actually went to wire to wire this last time around at the Derby. But at a mile and three sixteenths is the shortest race I have seen several horses go wire to wire over the years here at the Preakness. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing if somebody decides to make that move. You know, we'll kind of go through the horses. And I'll tell you who might try to do that today. 
Uh, but there, there is also the opportunity for some of these closers to make a move, too, because it's not going to be money there today. Just like Rochester, Buffalo, anywhere you're listening here in western New York, it's like 90 degrees down in Baltimore again today. So it's going to be hot. I don't know how sticky it is. I was going to ask you the weather. Yeah, it's definitely hot down there. So uh, from what I, and I'm looking, we got it on, of course, here inside 34 Rochester, interviewing a gentleman after one of the races. And uh, sun shining, blue skies, looks really, really nice there. So uh, if it's not going to be muddy, then there's more chance of a closer coming through. Yeah, 93. Ooh, it's yeah. a hot one. It's so, going to be hot there. Wh- what about weather affecting the horses at all? I mean, does that do anything, do you think, in terms of do, do certain – I've been watching some of the PGA this morning, and the right. Tiger with his back, the cold, the cold oh. weather is bad yeah. because it's so cold today in Tulsa. It's been, like, in the 90s, and then today it's freezing. It's in the 50s. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It, so he's got, like, a couple layers on, so – they said it's not good for him. The golf ball doesn't go as far. But right. as far as horse racing goes, if it's super hot, like, does that do anything? I think it affects the horses just like it would affect you. If, yeah. if you were out golfing and it was really hot and you were sweating down, I see them. We were watching uh, Hovland here take a shot here, and he's got a sweatshirt on. Uh, but I saw Tiger getting interviewed yesterday. He had the green shirt on yesterday, and they're interviewing him after his round, and he was so sweaty. You know, so uh, I, I think that can affect you. You know, the, the club slips if you're the jockey and you've got, you know, you're, you're urging people on and you're sweating. I think... You know, any extreme weather in either direction, it could affect your concentration. So it's going to see who's got the mind of a champion today, whether it's the horse or the jockey, to, to make sure they can steal through and uh, win this race. And refresh my memory. I feel like a few years ago we were talking that there was some possible, like, uncertainty about the future of the Preakness at this track, right? Right. Is that just that story gone away? You know, actually, that, I haven't read up on it yeah. lately, Brian. And, you know, maybe, so maybe that, that's I'll because that. it has gone away. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. yeah. I know they're at Pimlico today, and yeah. uh, it looks like they're doing a presentation of arms here. So, you know, before I actually join you, maybe I'll just go back through and, and look at that, because I haven't heard much about that lately. And I feel uh, like, I don't know, two, three years ago we were talking about that, right? That yeah, there they, was maybe... They were going to shut it down and move the Preakness from Pimlico over to one of the other Maryland tracks, because... The uh, grandstands at the one end were going to be condemned. That's what the last time I remember that happening. So I'll have to look through and see if uh, if they made any changes to kind of fix those things. But yeah, it's um, there was some talk I think yesterday. You know, all these uh, sports websites and Twitter sites they want to put up those polls to get the clicks to get people voting. And they were like, oh, you know, the horse skipped the race. Is it because it's too hard? And it's like, no, guys. We we're having the discussion back with California Chrome in 2014. And then we had Pharaoh, and then we had Justify, mm-hmm. and we got two triple crowns within three years. It's doable. You can do it. If you're a good enough horse, it can happen. You know, I remember being here watching um, American Pharaoh win that race, and I, I know this sounds cheesy, but I got a little, I got a little sentimental. And, you know, I've been working for OTB for a long time, working for Batavia Downs for a long time. And to see that happen, to know that it hadn't happened since 1977. Um, we hadn't incredible. seen it in our lives. And, you know, right, right, you, yeah. you work in an industry that's connected to horse racing. So, yes, I mean, yeah. obviously, so it, was it, a was, great, it was a cool moment for it was, sure. It was a great thing to see. And I don't, I don't think they need to mess. You know, I get trying to do certain things in certain sports to make the game safer, to make, uh, to make it so maybe play goes faster in certain sports that might be uh, tough to watch. Uh, but certainly I think it's doable in horse racing. I don't think there's any reason to move the triple crown so that it's uh, less yeah, the, uh, or, or more time in between the races. The reasons that you said earlier in the segment for maybe why Rich Strike is not racing today was is not because of where it falls in the calendar. Yeah, it's, I think it's more so of a, uh, you know, you saw what happened. When, when American Pharaoh won the uh, Breeders' Cup, he had won the triple crown. I can't remember if he finished second or third in the Travers, but he didn't win the Travers. And then, of course, he won the Breeders' Cup Classic. And it was like, 
this horse is going to be like unbelievable. Like it's going to be like five hundred thousand bucks for him to have, you know, kids. You know, it's going to be a, just a boon for his the people that are that own the horse. And so, if you're a rich strike and you weren't even supposed to be in the race, and you didn't even find out till ten minutes before he's going to even be in the race that he wins the race, I mean, you've got to protect your investment. I totally get that from a business standpoint that they they didn't want to, you know, mess anything up. So. Yeah, understandable. All right, Ryan, well, thank you for uh, setting the tone here on a good day here for the Preakness. Enjoy the party, and then uh, we'll talk to you in about an hour. We'll go through all nine horses in the field. That sounds great, Brian. Thanks for being here again. Yep, appreciate it. All right, Ryan has an hour from Tavy Downs Gaming and Hotel. We're going to take a break, but here's what we got coming up. So Ryan and I just talked about the biggest upset, the biggest long shot in our lifetimes in horse racing in what is essentially the Super Bowl of racing, the Kentucky Derby. Next segment, would love to hear from you. 8030550 is the number. What is the biggest long shot surprise in sports that you can think of? Like this one in the horse racing industry probably comes right to the top of the list. What is it in the other sports? I'll kind of give you my thoughts on what I think it is in some of the other major sports uh, when we return here. Paul Hamilton at three on the NHL playoffs and the Amherst. I'll ask Paul that question as well. Jeff Metis on the PGA Championship at 4 o'clock. Don Hoover, the GM of Live Racing, at 4.30. And as I mentioned, Ryan has an hour throughout the show. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us. Two to five. We're at the Preakness Stakes Party here at Batavia Downs. Inside 34 Rush. Back with more in a moment on WGR. Oh, yes. Maybe the most famous call in all of sports. Al Michaels, 1980, Lake Placid, New York. The Olympics, the Miracle on Ice, the United States upsetting the uh, Soviet Union in hockey. And then, of course, uh, they went on to go on to the gold medal game and beat Finland for uh, the gold medal. But uh, that call, still bringing chills as you hear Al Michaels call it down. Who would have thought? I mean, at that time, that game wasn't even broadcasted live. It was on tape delay. But 1980, there was no Twitter. There was no Internet. So essentially, uh, the whole world still didn't even know how it was playing out. But uh, an epic moment in sports history. And uh, we welcome you back here to Batavia Downs Gaming inside 34 Rush. Brian Colesiel with you. Thanks to Ryan Hasenauer for joining us. Last segment to preview the Preakness, uh, which comes your way at 7.01 Eastern. NBC has the coverage today. Uh, starting at 4, and uh, we'll be breaking down the entire field with Ryan coming up at 3.30. But, as we mentioned, at the Derby, Rich Strike, the second biggest long shot in history. You've got to go back to 1913 from when it happened. Uh, that There was a bigger long shot. So, in our lives, in terms of the horse racing industry, it was the, the biggest upset on the biggest stage. The Kentucky Derby, essentially, to me, like that's the Super Bowl of horse racing. So, this segment here, some thoughts on the biggest upsets in sports history. Like, is there one that's at the top? And uh, the reason I had Zach come back with that one, for me, I think for all that is involved, uh, I would probably put that at the top of the list in terms of the most meaning, uh, meaningful outcome, in terms of the stage that it's on, the terms of what it even meant to the world and to the United States at that time, that miracle on ice win uh, for USA Hockey group of amateurs you all know the story beating the uh, professionals from the ussr and 
in the Olympics. That's as big as it gets for amateur hockey at that point for the United States. And uh, for them to do it on that stage, pretty, pretty cool. And uh, just, you know, to, I think the fact even, too, where it was located. Lake Placid, New York, just little town. I've been there. It's a, it's a really cool spot in that building uh, that, of course, now has, is a historical building. Uh, I, I think it's great. But wanted to get some, uh, some thoughts. If you're listening and you want to hit me up on Twitter, at BrianWGR, uh, let me know what you think maybe is uh, in the running for most meaningful, most impactful, most memorable upsets of all time. And to me, again, it could be just a one sort of game thing, but on the stage at the Kentucky Derby for Rich Strike to be an 80-1 to long shot, uh, I thought, you know, in terms of the horse racing industry, that might be the biggest one ever to be 80-1 to for how much more knowledge there is now about the horses than maybe there were, was back in the 19-whatever, you know, 1913. Like, this is, I think it's maybe the biggest upset uh, in the history of horse racing. So, for hockey... Miracle on Ice. I was thinking, trying to think of some other upsets in hockey that would maybe fit the bill. Uh, the only one that I could come up with in terms of NHL. I mean, if if a team makes it to the Stanley Cup that far, they have obviously made the playoffs and have gone through a few rounds at least to get there. That doesn't really feel like an upset at that point. You know, I feel like you earn your stripes by going through all these rounds. Maybe an upset. Uh, in a round, but all the way, the the only one that I could come up with that I thought was close, but it is not even really a, con- a strong consideration because they didn't finish the deal, and that was Vegas, the Golden Knights, the expansion team in the expansion season. They go all the way to the finals against the Capitals, end up losing. Now Vegas wins there. Is that maybe the the greatest long shot? Now that's a season right there. But for Vegas, I was you know, trying to add something else to hockey beyond the miracle on ice. That was the closest thing, at least in my lifetime in the NHL, uh, that I thought I could come up with in terms of maybe upsets or biggest long shots. Uh, Vegas in their expansion year going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Other sports to consider. Probably when you go to football, biggest upsets, biggest shockers, biggest long shots. Uh, probably people are going to mention Super Bowl three. The Jets, the guarantee from Joe Namath, uh, where he has the Jets. I think they were a 17-point underdog uh, to the then NFL legendary Baltimore Colts. And uh, the Jets come in with Joe Namath and get it done. In As we walk back in those, watch back in those classic games, that was kind of an ugly game, but that's how the Jets ended up winning it. They just they held the clock. They ran it. They got first down after first down kept the Cole offense off the field, and held them to just one touchdown in the game. It was a 16-7 to win. More modern NFL. How about the year that the Patriots are undefeated and they're in the Super Bowl, and the Giants end up knocking them off. So for me, for the NFL, if I'm going to talk about biggest shockers ever on the biggest stage, like we're mentioning here, Rick Strike with the Kentucky Derby, to me, obviously, for football, it's the Super Bowl, and I think you've got to give it to the Giants uh, over the Patriots. Those are the two, to me, uh, that would come to mind as the biggest shocks or the biggest upsets on the biggest stage. The Jets in Super Bowl three over the Colts, giving the AFL their first win. And then the Giants, I think, more recently uh, defeating the Patriots in uh, what ended up being an end in their first loss to what was their quest to be a uh, an undefeated season. Other thoughts? Let's see. I've got recently... 2018 
Number one, Virginia, the Cavaliers. They were the number one overall seed, remember? And 16th seed, UMBC, ends up upsetting him in the NCAA tournament. In terms of one game, in terms of the first round, there has never been a one seed to lose in the first round. That could maybe be labeled as maybe the uh, the biggest long shot ever for UBMC to win over absolutely loaded Virginia in that game. You know, other NCAA tournament maybe huge long shots. Again, NC State in 1983, Jimmy Valvano's team upsets Houston, who had all those Hall of Famers, including uh, Olajuwon and Drexler and others. Uh, Phi Slamma Jamma, that team, uh, in terms of the, you know, in the final game itself, that's known as maybe one of the biggest upsets in NCAA basketball history. But in terms of one game on paper, maybe you got to say the UB, the UMBC game uh, where they took down Virginia in the one sixteen matchup in 2018. How about soccer? Leicester winning the Premier League? That wasn't that long ago. Was that about a handful of years ago? That seemed like, in terms of soccer, the biggest kind of long shot thing that, and that was obviously over the course of the season. We know the Premier League doesn't have necessarily a title game or a Super Bowl um, or a championship. They It's the regular season, and for Leicester to end up doing that, for me, for soccer, I thought at least more recently uh, could have been something to think about. Um, I was, you know, me being a golf guy, I'm like, okay, what's the, the biggest golf? There, You know, is there an upset maybe? Not really, but biggest long shot to ever win a major tournament uh, ben Curtis was ranked, yes, Ben Curtis. Probably many of you have not even heard that name. He won a major. Yeah, he won the Open Championship in 2003. He was ranked 396th in the world. So uh, in terms of a golfer winning a major on a big stage, there was the lowest ranked player ever, 396th in the world. But I think there's a couple there from the NCAA tournament. I think you've got Leicester in the Premier League. I think you've got a couple from the NFL from the Super Bowl. The Miracle on Ice game, to me, still is at the top. And then, of course, Rich Strike in the Derby. So, Zach, uh, I don't know if you uh, want to sway my vote one way or the other here off of the Miracle on Ice, or if you got one that I didn't list. Baseball, I couldn't really, you know, my team's in the World Series, like on the big stage. I don't know if there's, you really say a team winning is an upset in some sense. And um, NBA Finals, like Jordan's Bulls never lost in the, in the finals. Like that, you know, I guess you could have considered that an upset at some point. Maybe it was... Was the Cavaliers, I know they had the best player in the world with LeBron coming back to beat the Warriors. I don't know, again, I don't know if that's a long shot coming through in the biggest stage, but I didn't know if you had any ones you wanted to add to my list here so far. No, I mean, I, I was trying to think of a baseball one, but a lot of them, it's once you get into like the playoffs and you make a championship run, it does feel like you're kind of supposed to be there. Right. Uh, St. Peter's, for me, this past year in the NCAA tournament was probably Ooh, good I mean, one. I think they're yeah. the best Cinderella ever just because the run well, they, they went advanced? on. Yeah, they go to the Elite Eight. Literally no one had them. I mean, you looked at the budgets between them and Kentucky after the first round, and you're like, how is this even happening? Uh, I will say, though, for me, just in terms of just the greatest upset of the, just the craziest sports moment is Leicester City, the 5,000-1 to to win the Premier League. It's just it, like that will never happen again. It's just it's unbelievable how they're able to do it. They sort of took advantage of a down year in the Premier League. They were almost relegated the season before. They escaped that, I think, with two games left. That like that to me is just like that's up there with Miracle on Ice of like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I mean at the time I was not following Premier League as closely uh, as I as I am now, uh, but for that to happen, I mean for for my friends that were into it at the in, at the time, 
tw- that would be the 2015-2016 season. I mean, that was like, that was shocking. And they, w- they ended up winning the league by 10 points overall over Arsenal. So, I mean, they, they actually had it wrapped up with a few matches still to go. So, and that wasn't that long ago, 2015-2016. So, yeah, I th- as far as a season, that probably is it, wouldn't you say? Like, from start to finish? Yeah, I, I that's saying it if, for me, if, yeah. If Vegas wins the Cup... That would be, I think, a similarity in the sense that it's an expansion team. I know the expansion rules were a little bit more friendly, but if you tell the story of, hey, an expansion team in their first year goes on to win the championship, like that's a pretty, you know, before you fill in more details, just that story itself, it seems like a pretty impressive feat right there. That would be right there with the biggest long shots of all time. That Vegas but, run, yeah. I, if they, if they would have won that, I, that would have been pretty quickly a movie i think yeah that's one of those i think a movie would have happened pretty quickly afterwards i do like your your saint peter's i'm glad you added that i think the the ubmc is the game but saint peter's might be the most impressive run i know what george mason made it to the final four i think they were like i think they were an 11 though saint peter's was a 15 that's as far as a 15 had ever gone all the way to the elite yeah saint peter's was a 15 UMBC to me actually gets more impressive because the next year Virginia wins the national title with basically the same team. So to That's me, right. like it, it, there is a little bit more of an impressive factor of you know the next time Virginia was in the tournament they did not lose. Yeah, that was probably uh, something that you know if Virginia looks back on it, I'm sure they'd sign up for that every time, right? Like you're a one seed. Look at we we were stunned in historical fashion, but then the next year we come back to win the national title. I bet you. Most coaches would say, "Look, we'll we'll put up for, we'll put up with the pain of getting upset as a one seed if it means the following year we're cutting down the nets as the national champions." I think they would probably take that every time. Oh yeah, wouldn't, I would not even have to think about it. I'll take the embarrassment for a few months to get the championship. Yeah, and you know, I I wasn't alive. You weren't alive when the Jets won the Super Bowl, so I can only read and hear what people had to say about how big of a deal that was for the AFL trying to get respect against the almighty NFL. In Super Bowl three, the biggest underdogs to win in Super Bowl history, the guaranteed from Joe Namath to get that done. And that really is, you know, that a lot of people say that's what really made the Super Bowl and the NFL finally the merger, like, mean something. Like, they, they really together, those leagues now, one NFL, the Super Bowl had some meaning. Before that, the two, you know, previous games with the Packers were one-sided in Super Bowl one against the Chiefs and then Super Bowl two against the Raiders. This one was obviously a stunner and uh, how the Jets were able to do it. And, you know, in our lifetime, the the Patriots being undefeated, uh, I was extremely happy to see the Giants go. I'm not saying I'm a Giants fan, but, boy, I'm sure there are many Bills fans that were happy to see the Giants pull off that upset of the Patriots to end that undefeated season. And, you know, as we find out more and more about the Patriots, and who knows, you know, some of their shadiness that maybe went on during the course of all that great run that they had, um, I want to give... I want to give Brady the respect in the sense that I, you know, I want to believe that there was no dirtiness from him other than the fact that he, you know, I know people say, oh, you had the, the air taken out of the ball. We know that, you know, yes, he did. Ultimately, I don't know if, I guess I should say it's, you know, it's against the, it was against the rules. So maybe that's, uh, that's as much as any rule violation. I don't know if that's as, as uh, heinous as other, as videotaping others or bugging uh, locker rooms of others, but 
Um, yeah, the the Patriots run, will it always be scarred with some of the deflate gate and spy gate and all these other things along the way? But for them to lose in the Super Bowl to the Giants, uh, I thought that was, that, was, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, maybe NCAA basketball, I mean, in terms of who ended up finishing it, the NC State win over Houston in 83 is a memorable moment. And, of course, Jimmy Valvano, now that he's passed on and was such a popular figure in the sport, that obviously, I think, adds to the lure of uh, what happened. But... This whole thing, starting with Rich Strike winning an 80-1 to and unfortunately not racing today, to me, when I still think about biggest long shots on the biggest stage, it's still Miracle on Ice, number one for me. Time out here from Batavia Downs. Zach, thanks for chiming in with your thoughts there. We'll be uh, back with more. Paul Hamilton coming up at 3 o'clock, NHL playoffs, and Amherst still to come as we roll on on our Triple Crown show inside 34 Rush. I'm Brian Colziel. More coming up in a moment on WGR. All right, it is happy birthday. Yes, Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Happy birthday. I'm staring at Josh Allen right now. No, he's not here in person. There'd probably be a little bigger crowd around him if so, but it's the... uh, the full-size cardboard cutout of Josh Allen right here inside 34 Rush. And uh, it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Josh Allen. Boy, did you play the best two playoff games I've ever seen. And do we have to bring up the scar tissue that they didn't advance? What else could he have done in those two games? The Patriots game was perfect. Seven drives, seven touchdowns. The Chiefs game, every time the Bills needed a play, he made it. How many of those fourth downs against Kansas City there in the fourth quarter did he end up converting? And then, you know, the the big TDs to Gabriel Davis. And, ah, it's not like the wound is fresh here on me. Jeez. Anyway, happy birthday, Josh. By the way, kudos to the Bills, the Sabres, the Bandits, some of the other teams that were out there uh, this week uh, out in the city, of course, where the mass shooting took place. And uh, I'm seeing that a lot of... Um, area establishments also right now just took a moment of silence, uh, which I think is very cool. I was even just seeing uh, that places like Wegmans and other department stores and other businesses decided to take a uh, a minute of silence at 2.28, uh, just about a half hour or so ago uh, because of the time that that a week ago that this occurred. I mean, you know, I'm not sitting here to try to, to say that uh, it's getting better, but it was at least really, really promising to see what we all know is that when people are down in Western New York, people are right there to try to pick you back up. And you know, there's nothing that can be said that can be that or that can be brought in terms of food or donations in terms of money uh, that can bring back the lives. That's for sure. In such a heinous act and such a terrible act, and you know, my mind still can't wrap around the fact that that actually like it actually happened. In our city, like su- such a terrible thing. But um, the reaction from people this week, I think, was outstanding. Uh, I know that there still are food drives and donations and still events going on to raise funds and raise awareness and all these sort of things that need to happen so that the people that were affected by it directly can uh, maybe have just a little solace and a little um, comfort terms of just trying to live their lives and go on after such a tragedy that just that just what happened but um and i i also agree with what said it can't just be this week 
It's got to keep happening and hopefully a solution someday to what is obviously not just a Buffalo problem, but a major problem with these mass shootings going forward. But anyway, kudos to the Bills this week uh, and the Pagulas and the Sabres and the Bandits and all the other uh, people that have gone out there. I know, obviously, uh, it's exciting to, to, to see some of the former Bills were there. Roger Goodell was there. Uh, and for these families to get maybe some comfort and to share a smile or get a picture uh, in what has been the worst week of their lives, I, I, I'm, faith, I'm, I'm glad for that. And for all of you that are on the Bills or on the Sabres, if you made a donation this week, uh, I know our my family did uh, through a couple of different sources. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of have that also that helpless feeling of like, well, what else can I do to make this problem not happen ever again? Um, and I'm sure many of you had that feeling this week, too, again, of just like, okay, how can I help? But then what else can happen? And uh, let's hope that there are uh, there's more discussion. I think if, as long as we keep talking about it, as long as we keep putting our time and energy and our brain power towards uh, trying to help people in these situations, and then, of course, the greater cause of can we figure out a way to stop these terrible acts that keep happening. It's uh, it's still, as I said, it. it it's like my brain still can't comprehend that it happened in our city. But kudos to everybody in Western New York that responded. Uh, whether you donated your time, whether you donated money, uh, whether you helped out in any capacity, uh, I know that uh, everybody that's involved is extremely appreciative. Okay, Paul Hamilton was one of those people that actually was out there through Feedmore this week. I'm going to ask him about that. We'll also get his thoughts. The Amherst have advanced to another round, and uh, the NHL playoffs still underway. Got a lot to talk about. Paul Hamilton coming up next. As we get into hour number two, Brian Colesio live from Batavia Downs Gaming Inside 34 Rush. The Preakness Show continues on WGR.